Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Matthew Unmute. So my last episode was just me alone, but today again I've got a guest appearance, uh, Claire Barnes-Miller. So hello Claire, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Doing well. Um, I love getting guests on this podcast. I think so far it's been the best received episodes. And Claire's listened to the podcast herself and yeah. she was desperate to get on as a guest. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Meaning desperate, I actually was the one that said, right, do you want to come on my podcast? And at first you were a little bit nervous. Yeah. But this is something that I think you will enjoy once you've done it. Definitely. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about PT together. And we're also going to be talking in this episode about mental health again. So during our time as PT and client, we have, we have kind of progressed in your mental health and your physical health. And what I noticed for you when you started as a PT client is mental health was probably your biggest downfall. Definitely. That was the thing you struggled with the most. Yeah. Um, so what I want to start this episode with is I want to talk about your first memory from PT. Mm -hmm. So what was your first initial kind of memory from your PT lessons? Probably when I came in to talk to you first. Yeah. And I was absolutely terrified. So scared. Um, and... Yeah, because we just sat down and chatted about yeah. the whole thing. It was just, just to, you know, get to know you and then get to know what I wanted from it and everything like that. And it's it's uh, it's quite scary because it's quite a vulnerable position you get put in because it was the, the main two things as well. I mean, three things was my confidence, my mental health and my weight. So sitting there and admitting my flaws and what I want to improve on, that's quite, it's, it's yeah, it's quite scary. Um, but it was uh, after our, our first proper PT session, it was it was brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. It was like, no, I think I'm I think I'm gonna get into this. I think I think we're on the right track here. It's not, it's, bad, it's right not as bad. Yeah, no, it's just intimidating. It's a very intimidating industry when you look at. Because when I first started looking online at different PTs in Inverness, it's all very like, I don't want to say in your face, but it is quite intimidating. It is. And there's so many, and there's like sort of like, oh different results, this that and the other, and uh, so it was quite nice to sit down with you and be like, oh, this guy's just. Chilled. A normal person, just my age, it was quite, you know, it was just a chat. Yeah. Um, that was a consultation, which is obviously, that's the first stage of yeah. success, getting the results and mm -hmm. finding out about you guys. And, and from that consultation, it was obvious to me that you did really want to do this and you really want to take it seriously. Um, so when you did your first gym session, what was your kind of, what were your nerves like? What were you feeling on that day? I think, yeah, I think still a bit scared. Because I think at that point, I didn't really see what I was going to be capable of, but you could. Just because I, yeah, yeah so just... you're, you're a new client and I knew mm -hmm. straight away you were, you had a lot of potential, mm -hmm. but I always see potential people, yeah. like every time I train but, Which was quite a nice change from someone who's, well, at that point, I didn't really have much confidence in myself. So to have someone immediately be like, I have confidence in you to do X, Y, Z, you know, by the end of session, whatever, you're going to be lifting this, you're going to be able to do this, you're going to be able to do this. And again, that's quite scary because you're like, oh God, I don't want to let this person down because that was the main thing. And I was like, I can't let Matthew down. I have to be able to do all these things. And thinking like, you know, there's going to be a lot of hard work in this. Um, but yeah, it's quite nice when you suddenly have a person sort of believe in you. It sounds quite cheesy. No, that's, but when that's... someone has faith in you and be like, no, you're definitely going to do this. And I 100% believe you're going to do it. And then being able to do these things, like now I can do them. It's just like, this is awesome. I guess the biggest thing with PT is believing in the person. And when we did our PT course, one of the things we were taught is you have to have a good client rapport. And I was so passionate about that being my main focus in my lessons. But I actually remember all your first lessons. Like my memory is um, 
it's good in certain things. It's yeah. really good when it comes down to a person and memory. Uh, so I can remember I used to get you on the bike with your your circuits and mm-hmm. I'd get you from there. We do like our press up holds, our plank holds, all the basics, but we'd nail them and make sure we went on the circuit every yeah. time. And you would always improve every week. But I don't think you were seeing it as much as obviously I was. And no. then it came down to things like I was teaching to deadlift, which you picked up on your first lesson. There was even someone in the gym that said, Wow, that's amazing. She just literally yeah. <laughs> picked up in one one lesson. Again, I remember these things because there are memories that stick out for me. Um, now, one of the kind of most important things, obviously, we mentioned this too, was was your weight, losing weight too. Um, and when you started, would you say that was your biggest focus or was it more based around? I think it was my biggest focus at the time, but I didn't realise that that wasn't supposed to be my biggest focus. Yeah. You know, I think there was, a, I did want to build confidence um, and I did want to improve my mental health. But it's as I did it more and I realised that it didn't improve my mental health, it didn't improve my confidence. It was like, oh, this is just as important it's just as important um which i started to realize and compared to where i am now to where i was there's a there's a big difference in that well that's actually difference. the next question so how does pt how do pt lessons compare now compared to what they were in the gym so we're obviously training outdoors right now and how do you feel when you come to your sessions now i love it i absolutely love it like i was saying before it's a uh, you're a bit like a life coach as well as a PT, so it's, it's great being able to come and talk to you as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, the difference, to think about how shy and I wouldn't speak up. You know, it's one of those things where, like, it's like, well, what do you fancy doing next? Be like, oh, I don't know, whatever. And now you're like, what do you want to do next? I'm like, I want to deadlift. I want to do this. I want to do this. You know, it's like, this is what we're going to do today. It's, uh, yeah, it's completely different. No, I love that. I think that's really, really amazing to hear. Um Tell me about your mental health and how it's affected you. Because obviously, I think a lot of people really enjoy hearing everyone else's stories, other people's stories. And your story is definitely something that I think could help other people realize how important it is to talk about mental health. So just tell me a little bit about your mental health. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, So I'm uh, diagnosed with BPD, which is Borderline Personality Disorder. Um, I've struggled with my mental health since... um, we about 12, 13 years old. Um, the school, my high school, was very small. Um, there was a bullying problem. I had a really, really hard time in school. And that triggered a bunch of things. I ended up going downhill quite fast. I ended up self-harming. Um, I was suicidal. I wasn't well. Um, I ended up on antidepressants. Um, and, yeah, it was just the most miserable part of my life. I know most people are like, oh, you know, you should... You know, um, be thankful for your teenage years in high school because the best years of your life. It was it was the worst years of my life. Um, and uh, went through a lot of things. And uh, and then I turned sixteen. And I ended up moving to Inverness, Cumbria College, um, because it was just I needed to get away from it. Um, but I didn't actually get diagnosed with BPD until I was I want to say eighteen or nineteen. It's quite late then. Yeah, because when you're growing up, there's always the Oh, you, you know, your your mind is like a sponge. You're still growing up. It's just being a teenager, this, that, and the other. Um, and then I, I always got told growing up, and I was like, you have, you know, you have traits of BPD. It's very much like BPD. The things, um, it's very similar. Um, so all the different therapies I went to and stuff like that was basically just assuming that I had BPD. So it wasn't until I was about 18, 19, they were like, yeah, you, you've, you've got BPD. We have to sort of admit it at this point. Um, 
and it's it's had a huge impact on my life I've, I've literally had to shift my life around when I was 16 I moved here away from my family to a place that you know I don't have any friends or family in Inverness and here we are like seven years later I'm 23 now which is quite scary to think I would say um, to you you're still so young like I, I feel old compared yeah. to you so I'm, I'm 26 I'm three years older and I'm like yeah you've got so much ahead of you yeah no yeah. That, that's the thing but it's it's uh it's quite weird now because you know when people ask you know what's your plans now you know what what's what do you what's what's going to happen in the future and it's like do you know what it's it's I live day to day now because I didn't plan on making it past 20. Yeah. I made a promise to myself when I was younger that I was going to kill myself before I turned 20. And now I'm 23, so I'm not very good at keeping promises, apparently. You're still <laughs> <good>. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so I, I gave it a good bash when I was younger, even after I moved to Inverness. I gave it a good bash. There was a few close calls. Um, and then when I turned 20, I seemed to just stop because I'd made it to 20 and I hadn't managed to succeed. Um, but ironically, it's when I turned 20 that life started getting better for me. Yeah. Life just started to start, basically, when I was 20. Um, things started to fall into place. All the hard work that I was doing started working out. It's uh, well, that's, not a, that's, that's one thing I want to ask you is, how old were you when you started PT? Because I, I forget, because you've been doing PT for about... A couple of years now. Yeah, so you've, you've been doing it for two or three years yeah now. and i'm 23 now so i think yeah. about 20 21 yeah i think it was about 21 um, i think i started with you yeah honestly when you came to you to your pt lesson i thought you were 25 yeah you know because you, you you um you held yourself so well you were very mature uh, yeah. and i had i had clients similar age that you didn't yeah. they didn't have that same maturity yeah, levels. it's 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 because of experience it's it's because of life experience you know because i had to move out at a very young age um I'm, i i had to be a grown-up it's it's funny how life's going backwards. Now I'm in my twenties. I'm I'm doing silly childish things now because I never got the opportunity to do them when I was younger. It's like uh, it's laughing with a friend the other day. I said, like, "Why did you go for a green car?" And it's just like because it's bright green. I I like green. That's why I chose the car. And I was like, "It sounds so silly, but I'm enjoying the little childish things now because I never got that when I was younger. I was trying so hard to literally just survive, just just make it to the next day because I just was so unhappy." Um, so and now I'm in a much better place. It's it's getting to do all these things now. Can I ask you what was making you unhappy when you were young? Was it just your mind, or was it things? My mind, yeah. It's literally it's. I was my own worst enemy. Yeah. My own worst enemy. Um, and you, you tend to pick up these bad habits. So your brain will do anything it can to survive. Um, and you do sort of pick up these bad habits of coping, but it's your way of trying to cope, if that makes sense. Um. So even though I'd left, I'd gone away from the school and, you know, the bullying that wasn't, you know, I didn't have these bad people in my life anymore. Um, it's, yeah, life sort of set new challenges and it was, yeah, it was just dealing with myself. Um, well, I think bullying is one of the most horrendous things to go through. And obviously it can, it can change the way you think about yourself. Yeah. You start to almost doubt you're a good person. Yeah, you start to believe it. You hear something long enough you do start to believe it like I went through high school being told horrible things like you're worthless you should go kill yourself this that and the other um, and you hear that often you start to believe it so when I moved you get stuck with these thoughts and you convince yourself that it's real and even if you've got loved ones around you that I've got lots of lovely friends and family that tell me remind me every day that I'm loved this that and the other you know I should be here and um, but when you're in that really bad place you don't you don't see it like that you really no, don't you definitely um, don't which is really difficult and it's really difficult for the people around you you know that's one of the main things that upsets me 
um, when I was at that point was not how much it affected me, but how much it affected my loved ones around me. Like it, it, it was really difficult for them. Well, that's another thing is, so we've talked about this in our PT lessons and you've obviously come to me and you've told me these things sometimes. And one of the things you mentioned to me was you hate when someone says to you, it'll be fine, it'll, yeah, it'll be okay. Be okay. And I've been quite, I hope anyway, I've been quite good just not lying to you and saying, yeah, yeah tomorrow will be fine. Mm-hmm. I try and say to you, especially recently, since I've kind of realized what's helped me feel better mentally, I've been trying to tell you that you have to almost face it. You have to kind yeah. of go through, not around. Yeah. As uncomfortable as that's going to be, that's the harsh reality when it comes to mental health. That I've only just realized in my 20s that you're going to have to face some things that you're not going to be comfortable with. You're going to have to go through things that you're not going to like, but you have to do it to be able to sort of get through and start your recovery to things. You're going to have to, yeah, there's going to be some harsh truths that you're not going to like. Uh, And obviously, little wins for me have helped. So um, I was very very cautious when I was doing PT about not showing my face on camera. Yeah. I was like, no one wants to see my face. No one cares. And when I started doing that, I was terrible. I couldn't film and stuff. But these little wins of just getting my posts up have helped me build confidence in a way that I'm like, I don't I don't mm-hmm. I don't care if someone doesn't enjoy my video. I'm gonna post it because I know there will be people enjoying it. I enjoy doing it. Exactly. So I've always said to you that these little kind of confidence boosts are what make you a stronger person. Yeah, no exactly. It's definitely the little things and I think the sooner you recognise that the better. Um, and like another thing I've realized it's definitely good to surround yourself with people that recognize those small things as well like I've, I've found you know like if I've just I'm, I'm trying to think of an example like I've managed to do something that's been stressing me out the past few days I managed to do it you know once upon a time I'd be surrounded by people that are like so you know what's what's the big deal and you know now I'm surrounded by people like especially yourself as well like I'll tell you it's just like oh I managed to get this thing done that I've not been managed to done and everyone's just like oh my god well done you know it's it's yeah it's recognizing the small things it's always the baby steps you know they always say it's always but it's true it's very true and I always tell you guys small changes make a big difference and when you do message me saying I've done this and that I'm always like yeah well done amazing because I knew you would have done that a few years ago. Yeah. Um, for instance, you hit your step target sometimes, or you, you you do these just little wins. I'm like, you know what, that is incredible because it shows you have your mentality's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was on this podcast, I give a little quote, and this one's going to be um, definitely relevant to me and Claire. Uh, so mental health is not a destination, but a process. So it's about how you drive, not where you're going. So Absolutely. the reason I want to give that one is we both had... Um, chats about like our driving yeah <laughs> and um recently i've kind of built my confidence with with being in the car and driving mm-hmm. and stuff but ask anyone um my biggest fear in life was going in the car and yeah. driving because i assumed probably something to yourself i assumed mm-hmm. that'd be rubbish yeah like when i did my driving test ask anyone who was around me i was not a good person mm-hmm. to be around i was just i'm gonna fail just i can't deal with this my dad's like just calm down matthew and i'm like i'm gonna throw like i'm gonna throw my learning play but i'm gonna stop driving there's no point i'm not mm-hmm. gonna pass and, um, and when I'm in the car now, I feel more calm. Yeah. But you talk to me about sometimes when you're in your car, you feel like it's either it's one or the other. You'll either feel like that's your space to be chilled, yeah. or that can be your space to just lay out. Mm-hmm. And you've actually said to me that you've screamed in the car. Oh yeah, you know? no, definitely. There's um, definitely I've had a few. Yeah, screaming in the car is definitely a big one. Um, and the driving around, but even just the driving itself, it's like I was saying to you before. I think in our last PT 
Um, like I'm always so chuffed about my car, and I'm always talking about my wee car, and it's just my little little, little green Mazda. What's it called? Um, uh, Bo- Booger the Snot Rocket. Booger the Snot Rocket because he's bright green. But it's it. you know it's 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 as cheesy as it sounds. It represents a lot more of the car. It does. Because like I was saying before, it, I was at a point in my life where, like I said, I wasn't going to make it past twenty. I was determined I wasn't going to make it past twenty. So I wasn't going to be doing things like going to work, having a job. Um, hanging out with friends, driving, doing things, you know, I wasn't going to be well enough to be able to even drive a car. So I sometimes have moments where I'm driving in the car and I'm, like I said, 90% of the time, I love driving. I absolutely love it because it seems to be, because even though I'm a very anxious person and I overthink things, my brain seems to go to override of you need to concentrate on the road. Nothing else matters just now. Just concentrate on the road, listen to your tunes. You're fine. So I sometimes have moments in the car where it's like, I have a little cry and it's not like, it's not a sad cry. But it's a case of it's it's a bit surreal, and I'm just like this was this was never supposed to happen. This wasn't this wasn't the plan. This was I was I'm supposed to be pushing daisies right now. That was it's as horrible as it sounds, but it is. So you know when I get like some people are like, oh, I think you boast a little bit. Are you quite you know? That's it's, 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 I, I don't boast. It's what it represents. It's the same with the fact like I have a, a job that I absolutely love and I have my own flat. It represents all the things that were never supposed to happen and the fact that I've, I've come out of that really, really dark place and gone beyond what I thought that I, more than I'd ever thought I'd achieve, which is just absolutely nuts. Well, our big question, and this is probably relating to a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, I really would listen into this part, um, but how did work impact your mental health before? Because I used to see that happen to you all yeah, the time. Yeah, no, that was, that was a big thing. Um, if I had a penny for every time I'd come to PT, before because when I started with you I had two jobs I worked in retail and I worked in sales um, and that had a massive impact but because I've been doing them for so long because you don't know any different you just assume that's just the norm like I'd come to PT and I'd be in tears yeah you know and you'd be standing there and be like Claire that's that's not normal you shouldn't be crying from work you shouldn't be worrying about work when you're not in work yeah you know I'd, I'd, I'd come in and I'd be, I'm absolutely dreading work tomorrow you know we're the middle of the day that that's not how it's supposed to be and I even had a friend at the time who told me she's like you need to get out of that you know those jobs before it kills you um and uh and now I work yeah just as Covid was starting ironically I started um as a support worker and the difference between now even during everything that's going on in the world and Covid and you know the stresses we've had um at work is such a big difference on my mental health um, I, think I think it's because you're helping other people. Helping other people, and it's a very different type of work environment. The you know my colleagues and like my managers and the people around me, a lot more understanding. Um, I, I, I'm very grateful for the people I work with, and then the um, service users that I work with are just brilliant. We have opportunities to do a lot, of, a lot of things. Um, it's just all round. Just you know, and it was the irony was I told myself I'd never do a job. I'd never do it because you know I, and again um I always doubted myself and then using the mental health thing and be like I'd, I'd never be well enough to look after another person I wouldn't be able to deal with that responsibility whereas now it's the opposite like even if I have a bad day and I go into work it's again my brain goes into override and be like right you if you're gonna have a moment you're gonna have to have a moment later because this person comes first this is this is yeah it's like this person needs to be looked after you need to look after their needs you need to make sure that they get through their day um, and then you can have your moment later. Um, that's that's so progression yeah. in mm-hmm. you. That's progression in your own self. So yeah. you couldn't have done that a few years ago. No, absolutely you not. Know, so, no, definitely. Um, now, another thing I want to talk about in this, this podcast is how exercise can impact 
your mental health because we always talk about that on the, the episodes is how much it can actually leave you feeling amazing leave yeah. you feeling better mm-hmm. in yourself so how does it impact you in terms of your mental health the exercise um big difference like obviously with your serotonin and everything like that with the exercise but i think it's um again with the confidence thing is like believing your abilities to be able to do things yeah you know is that i can do things it sounds weird i can do things a lot better i'm faster at things i'm stronger at things um they've actually progressed into learning new things like my photography has been a main thing absolutely I um, think because i've been doing especially over covid i've been doing a lot more walking and um, so then i've discovered my love for photography which then motivates me to go out walking even more to the point even my friends use it you know if i'm having a bad day come on let's 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 go for a walk I'm like, oh, i don't feel like it she's like oh well let's go to this place you get some really good photos i'm like well then we'll go then yeah well you deserve um, a shout out for all the things you've helped me with, with your photography so obviously i mentioned to you that it's good to have a passion in life and it can mm-hmm. help you focus and, and i think it's one of the key things for mental health and, and you were actually the person that took all the sas yeah. boot camp um, pictures and you mm-hmm. also took the pictures for strive so yeah. Uh, these drive pictures were not just taken by me. I wasn't just like setting my camera up <laughs> and doing them. Uh, I had help with them, and Claire was the one that actually took all the pictures of my my amazing ones from the Doris Beach. Yeah, they were good. Though. All these pictures that helped me get Strive out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big big shout. Out to and her. again, it's having people believe in your your skills and your abilities. So yet again, you telling me it's like you can definitely do this. I yeah. believe that you can do this. So well, I, I think you should take it a really, take it really seriously, and I, I think that should be one of your main focuses in life is actually doing the photography. Because I mean, how many people need photos? Like everyone loves to get photos. Yeah, yeah no, everyone likes them. Um, so again, on this podcast, I like to give little tips as well. And um, this is one of my, my kind of most commonly things I tell my clients is talking about your feelings can help you stay in good mental health and deal with times when you feel troubled. So basically, I'm just kind of highlight this: you have to talk sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and even talking to me here, talking yeah. to me in your PT lessons, it can make you feel that, that way off your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it, it makes you feel a lot better. But that's a mistake I always did when I was younger. With my mental health, is not talking about it. And as, as I've got older, you know what I'm like now, I, I, I talk too much, if anything. Me too. But it's, it's, it's uh, you know, my mum's always joking whenever I go up the road and see her. She's like, you're so loud now. And you know what? I take it as a compliment because obviously when I was younger, I had no confidence, no shy, and I wouldn't talk. Same and now I'm this, yeah. this very, very loud adult that doesn't shut up. But I've been <laughs> quiet for so long. I think I'm making up for lost time at this point. You know, it's like I'm, I'm going to take up as much room in the world as possible now. I'm going to be as loud as I like. Well, I think everyone, if they want to speak and say something, they should be intelligent. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And if someone tells you otherwise, they can just get lost. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we want to do on this podcast as well is highlight how how much mental health can affect people. Yeah. So um, this is actually from, from Claire here, but she looked up a fact the other day about uh, suicide rates. Um, every 40 seconds, uh, someone commits suicide. Mm-hmm. So this is like a real problem um, oh, yeah. to a point where it's actually kind of scary that you can say it's, that. It's, it's terrifying, but it just goes to show all the people you see on a daily basis, you have no idea what's going on. You know, because a lot of people every 40 seconds. It's I know the world people. is a big place. There's a lot of people every 40 seconds so you know the time that we've been talking it's a lot of 40 seconds Um, i I also think that when when you're talking to anyone in your your day you should deliberately try and be as nice to them as possible you have no idea what they're going through exactly there's not one person i've talked to on the street or people i've bumped into people with pt lessons that i've been nasty to i've just made sure that i'm making their day a little bit better in in some way exactly it doesn't it doesn't hurt to be nice so why not 
Yeah, and if, if that that wouldn't be that wouldn't be me, and it wouldn't be you if you were ever the opposite to that. Yeah. You know, nasty to someone or mean to someone. Mm-hmm. And now this is a hard question. Sometimes these questions on these podcasts, obviously, they're they're deep. They can get yeah. they can get they can get deep. But I think it's good to talk about these things. Absolutely. Um, what have been your kind of darkest times in your life? And how have you got through them? I think uh, there's too many to count. There's too many to count. You know, it's 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 sometimes like I said when I say I have a moment where I have a bit of a cry, but how far I come, you know, it's 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 quite sad to look at sixteen year old me and where she was. Where I yeah. I've um I've scared my poor parents half to death of how many suicide attempts I've done, um self harming. And um yeah, it's very scary. It's it's hard to explain very, unless you've been there, it's, it's very hard to explain. Um, and it's uh, and I do sometimes look, when I'm going through a bad time now I try and look back on the times where it's been worse I've been through a lot worse than whatever I go through now and it's like I have got through it you know I've been sitting on my bathroom floor just I, I can't get up because I'm just so I can't do it and the amount of times if I had a penny for every time I've said I'm, I'm not strong enough I can't do it I can't do it again but eventually you will get to I've always got to a point where I'm just gone one more time. Yeah. Let's let's just give this another shot, just one more time. So I think the reason I'm still here is because I've had a million one more times. You know, it's always we're gonna have to give this another shot. You know, you've got people that hate you that you need to prove a point to, you know, there's um um so yeah, it's you've had you have had a lot of difficult times but what you said there was amazing that, that you've been through tough times and you've been strong to get through it so yeah. you believe more in yourself mm-hmm. now that you can yeah, push you can't get, you you can't can't get, get through, through it and I think it's like I've said to you about my well it's not long ago that I had a dip yeah you I, know, remember and that I think very it's well, absolutely yeah. human I, I'm, I'm happy to admit that it wasn't a long ago that I had a dip and I even said to you and I was like it's like going through a tunnel you yeah. know, you don't know, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you don't know how long the tunnel is. It's going to be a couple of days, a few weeks, a few months. And you know, I know, I know I'm going to get through it. I know I'm going to get to that light at the end of the tunnel. So it's, it's difficult. And that's, you know, that's why I have a problem when, you know, I go through a bad, a bad dip and someone's like, oh, but you've been through it before. Yeah. I was like, I know, but it still sucks. It's still really shitty. And, you know, I'm quite lucky to have friends and family that are like, right, I, I you know, there's no way to fix this. There's no quick fix, but it's just nice to have someone hold your hand when you go through that tunnel. Just someone just to recognise that you're not having a good time. You know, my friend always says to me, um, she's always like, it's okay for you to have a bad time, just as long as you don't stay there. Just don't stay don't there. Stay she there. says, you, you gotta, you know, whether it's a few days, a few weeks, she says, it's okay to have that moment, recognise what's happening, how you've got there, but just don't stay there. Like, you, like um, we talked about, you have to kind of, you have to go through the pain in some yeah, way. Yeah, you, you have to go to... through it, but I think the sooner you recognise that, but I never used to understand that when I was younger, when I would have a blip, or when I would feel suicidal, when I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. It was a case of, this is the end of the world, this is this is awful, you know, there's no end in sight, I'm never going to get better. Um, whereas now, it's a case of, I'll have a blip. And it's, you know, I'll have my moment, you know, you've seen me have my moments, I've come Absolutely. in and have my moments where I've been like, Matthew, I'd, I'm not I'm not doing good with this one just now. Um, and uh, it can be quite scary, because especially now, because I don't have them as often, so when I do have them, it hits me like a brick wall. You know, whereas before it was just an expected, I'll have a meltdown or, you know, I'll, I'll end up, you know, having a panic attack throughout the week. 
Um, so I it's think just with, the normal. I think with you, you're going to, as you get older, you're going to learn to deal with these things yeah. better. You're going to push yourself more, like doing things like this, just yeah, no, taking yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think you will be, you, I, I, I've just said in the podcast, I don't like to say to people, you're going to be okay, but no. I really do think. I know it's cheesy. Okay. And then when you're in that dark place, when you have people tell you that it's going to be okay, you don't believe it. Like I always get asked that question. I was like, if you could go back to 16 year old you, what would you tell her? And do you know what? I don't think there's anything I could say to make her feel better. To make her feel better. I just give her a cuddle. You know, I, even if I stood there and said, you know, life is going to get better. You're going to be so much happier. You're going to understand this better. You're going to have good people around you. Life is going to be wonderful. And do you know what? I, I still, at 16 year old, the way my mindset was, I don't, I don't think I would take that on. I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't, you know, it's everything was just terrible everything was just awful there was no no positive thing in sight um, well i um i really i really appreciate you guys coming on these podcasts to kind of share your stories because it's just amazing for people to, to hear that they're not alone um, and i want anyone who's listening to this podcast if you do have any struggles feel free to reach out to me feel free to reach out to claire and yeah, um, please everyone is listening to this go and follow claire's um photography page because it's amazing uh, what was it called again? Claire Barnes uh, Photography. Barnes Miller Photography. Barnes Miller Photography. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put that in the uh, description of this post, and hopefully you guys will see how talented she is, how much she's worked, and how how much she's kind of progressed in herself. Um, anyone that made today in this podcast, thank you so much for listening. I think it's just so important to get people aware about mental health. I uh, hope you enjoyed it, Claire. Yes, no, thank you for having me. Uh, and I hope, I hope everyone that listening to this does learn something and learn the day, like I said, they're not alone uh, when it comes to mental health. Uh, so finally, this has been episode number eight, and uh, I will see you on the next episode.